Hi, and welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. This is the second episode into the series called Falling In Love Series. If you're new here, I launch my podcast episodes in different seasons that focus on a certain topic. For this season, we are already in the fall months, so I figured we'd keep the theme going with talking about falling in love with our current life situations, people, hobbies, and more. This season will cover the process of what it's like falling in love with something or someone and the growth that stems out of that learning experience. In this episode called For the Love of Running, Marathon Tips, Chicago Marathon Recap, and more, I have one of my best friends, Tatum, join me to talk about what the process is like training for a marathon, from applying to training to the finish line, how to apply for Chicago and New York City Marathon, tips for someone wanting to run a marathon, and more. This is a really insightful episode for someone running the New York City Marathon this weekend, or someone who plans to run it in the future. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. I'm really excited to have a super special guest joining me for the second episode of Falling in Love series. This series is talking about falling in love with a person or a job or a hobby or something like the process of running a marathon. And who better to have on this episode than one of my best friends who is also a runner and also ran the Chicago Marathon. Woo! Thank you for having me, Grace. Yeah, so I'm so excited. Thanks for joining, Tatum. Of course. I'm excited to have you. So I really like how we both ran the marathon and we had our different plans and goals. Um, we didn't run it together, but I love that we were able to still support each other all the way through. Mm-hmm. I think it's, re- for me at least, it's really helpful to talk about training because it, it's a lot of time and it's very intense. And to be able to talk about it with someone else personally gets me a lot more motivated to like get out there and do the training runs um, just to be able to share that with someone, even though we didn't actually train together. Yeah. We were talking about it, so I think it was good motivation for both of us. No, definitely. And you had already ran a marathon, the New York City one. That was your first last year. So I really wanted to get some tips from you and just understand like what the process of training for a marathon was like. And you gave me some really good helpful ones, like um plans like you know how many runs you should do like things like gels chews I know we also talked about that so for someone I guess this is really helpful because this is marathon season and there's a lot of people running the marathon this week so before you even run a marathon there's this whole beginning process like the applications um knowing the dates knowing how to apply like for someone who is wanting to get into let's just say Chicago marathon what is that process like so Chicago, I think Chicago is probably the easiest of the six world majors to get into through the lottery, which is great. It's also one of the flattest, so one of the fastest courses. So if you are someone looking for a first marathon, Chicago is a really, really good one to start with. They also do have one of the easier, e- easier in quotes, time qualifiers. For Chicago, the time qualifiers for women under 30 is 335. And so that's how I got in, because I had the time qualifier from New York City Marathon. Right. 
And that's how Eric was also able to yeah. get in for yeah. his age. Because there's age brackets for different times. So um, usually the website is really helpful to figure out if you qualify or not. And you have to qualify the year before in order to apply. Right. So that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you have to run a marathon before to the time year. qualify. Or you can apply through the lottery, which is what you right. did. So I applied through the lottery, which um, the Chicago Marathon falls on the first Sunday in October every year. And the lottery for the next year opens like right after. It's like a week or two after and runs for a month to November. And then they announce if you get in or not in December, the first week of December. So fun, fun little email you get. You oh get. yeah, like a you are selected. Yeah, so exciting. Um, and yeah, so basically you have a whole year almost to plan prep. Mm-hmm. I know you and I already booked our hotels mm-hmm. and and flight stuff like earlier on, which is highly recommended. Is it? It gets pricey because mm-hmm. everyone is going to be there one way or another. Yeah. So you might as well go ahead and book it. So um, yeah, so that's the application process for Chicago. Let's talk about the course real quick, because um, you mentioned it was flat and fast and highly recommended for people starting their first marathon. What would you say was the hardest part of running this course? I mean, this course is a dream. It's a dream, especially compared to New York, which is very hilly, and other courses like Boston I've never run, but Boston is also very hilly. This is, it is so flat. It was like, it was, a, it was just unbelievable. I it was, so it was were there lovely. any challenges? No. Even if it's very, even if it's flat though, like were there any? I mean, now we're like weather. Let's just say. Yeah, I thought the weather was perfect. Mm-hmm. I think for some who were maybe finishing later, it probably got a little hotter. I was honestly by the end, I was kind of getting hot. I was surprised. I was wearing a long sleeve shirt and leggings, and I was like, I wish I was in a t shirt right now. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't feel that way for New York, so I think for some reason this one felt hotter. But otherwise, I think the weather was perfect, and the course was so flat. I think, I mean, other than the fact that you're running 26.2 miles, which is a challenge, I think the course itself was just perfect. I mean, you can't you can't mm-hmm. get better than, That's true. than that. So besides the course being not particularly a challenge, what is challenging about running a marathon? Like, what happens to your body when you put yourself through three-plus hours? I mean... It's just, it's so, it's a lot, it's so much. I know. <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but for me, and I think probably for most people, because it's such a long, it's an endurance run beyond belief. So for me, my lungs and like cardiovascularly, I never feel very taxed. Like I feel very chill and calm. My heart rate is pretty chill, but your legs at the end are just, just so tired. And I mean, for New York, I hit, by the end, my legs I felt like I was running through cement. I was like, I cannot move another step, but here I am. I'm going to keep running. Chicago, I never really felt that. I was really, really tired at the end, but I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm running against a wall. I can't keep, I can't keep going. So it was more just, you know, fatigue because mm-hmm. you're, I mean, you're moving for over like over three hours. It was a really long time I know. to do anything. No, honestly, um, there's just, there's so much about all of this that like I, I, don't think we can get into this episode about running in general and putting your body through that much stress and pain, physical pain. But at the end of it, like we love it and we want to keep doing it. And why? Like, what is it? I mean, I'll let you go first. Like, what is it you love about running? 
That is such a good question. I mean, there's a lot of things. I think one thing that I love about running is because when I was younger, I was not athletic. I was in dance. I was in musicals. But every sport I tried, I was average at best. And that was after I practiced so much. I was still just like so average. I was never a good runner. I was never good at anything. So then I started running after college and doing some races. And it made me feel like an athlete. And... I, I mean, I love that because it's something that I never really had. And so it kind of gave me this new almost like persona of like Tatum, the athlete, which I never was. Um, so I think that has been motivational for me. And I love it because it's such a personal, a personal challenge. And you can be competitive, but with yourself instead mm-hmm. of you know, trying to compete against everybody else in the world because there's always going to be someone faster. There's always going to be someone slower. There's always going to be someone about the same, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it makes me feel strong. It makes me feel like an athlete. It gives me goals. You always have new goals. Always. You, always. Like oh, you yeah. finished one, you did a great job, you hit your goal. Okay, now I have a new goal, exactly. you know. So um, I think it always keeps, especially in our our stage of life as an adult, I think you do need personal goals and running is just such an easy way to always have Mm-hmm. a new goal to meet so I was listening to um another podcast where this runner he this he also ran the Chicago Marathon and um he talked about how if you can put one foot in front of the other you're a runner like you anyone can run it's it's the mindset that really pushes you and I guess uh, that leads to like me what I love about running is it kind of I love how it correlates with life like the hills, the challenges are like the hills that you run or um, like we always hear life is like a marathon. Life is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And so I love the endurance factor. I love the strategy because you cannot run a marathon cold turkey. You have to have a plan. You have to train for it. So that is kind of how I see life too. And that's why I love like running because I like being able to you know, strategize on like how I'm going to tackle mile 10 and how I'm going to tackle mile 13 and how I'm going to tackle the course and prepare and put my body through the challenge. So that's what I really like about it Mm -hmm. is, is that aspect. So it's really interesting to hear that that's your background. Cause I always thought you were a runner because of, so when I say Tatum is fast, (laughs) like I, it's your pace is seriously inspiring though. I I was shocked. I was like, oh, I thought you grew up running like Eric. No. You know, I thought you... T- they, when I used to play soccer, I would get so tired. They thought I had exercise-induced asthma. Like, they gave me an inhaler. They were like, this girl cannot handle. She cannot run. What's her no. problem? She has asthma. And I was like, no, I just I'm, I just can't run. I, I don't know what happened. Something yeah. just changed. And now I can run. So. <laughs> wow. No, that's really, that's really cool because... Running is basically a mental sport. So, like, what goes through your mind when you are running? When things get difficult for you? Let's just say, like, where you felt that wall in New York. Like, what got you through? Yeah. I mean, at that point, it was... I had to turn off my music. I had to turn off... It was just, like, I just had to tell myself to keep going. Because nothing outside could of my body could motivate me because I just was in so much physical pain and so much physical exhaustion Mm -hmm. that, I mean, all I could do was be like, just, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. And 
I did. And I knew that eventually it'd be over. But it's in that moment, it's so hard to imagine mm-hmm. the finish line. Because oh, yeah. even when I could see it, it felt so far away. Yeah. Even when I knew, like, I'd run 26 miles and you have point two left. I was like, that is the longest distance. I cannot do it. But I did. And I think that really proved more than anything to myself what I'm capable of. And I think that that's one of the cool things about running a marathon because no matter how fast you finish, no matter if you're running the whole time, if you have to walk, if you like whatever happens, if you finish, you have that forever knowing what you're capable of. Like I'm capable of doing this. I'm a marathoner, you know, mm-hmm. no matter how fast it is. Yeah. It's, oh, that's true. It's an impressive thing to be able to, Oh yeah. To tell yourself about yourself. It's an impressive feat for sure. Like people, like we, we have people congratulating us on this marathon and to us, we're like, yeah, thank you. But then if you like really think about it, which I kind of processed it and I was like, wait, it's 26.2 miles. Like that's a lot. That's a long, (laughs) that's a, yeah, that's a lot of miles. Just like even think of someone wanting to do that is also just crazy itself. I know when I was running, I think, I think about this, like why did all these thousands of people pay (laughs) hundreds of dollars to do this. And I was having a great time. And I was like, I know I like this, but do all these people actually really like this? But I guess they do. I mean, you do, I do. We both do. We somehow made our way over there. So, but it is weird when you think about it. Yeah. I'm like, like, why are they paying me to run this many miles? Like I'm paying them. (laughs) By the way, the energy in Chicago was popping. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure that's what got me through at the end. Yeah. Like there was not one part of that course where there was not a crowd. Yeah, I was surprised. Every- I thought there were going to be some quiet spots and there oh, really yeah. wasn't. It oh, was, yeah. It was so much energy. Mm-hmm. There were fun signs. I would always, I always smile at laugh the at the signs. The signs are cute. There was one sign where it said, remember you paid for this. I saw it three yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> They're like, I, yeah, no, the signs are really funny. Yeah. And I, I like kind of making eye contact with the people and being like, ha ha. Exactly. Sign. Or there's ones where it's like, hit this for a power up. Yeah. And then everyone's like slapping the, yeah. the posters. I like when the little kids, my favorite are the little kids. There weren't as many in Chicago, but there were a bunch in New York. The little kids put their hands out and they mm-hmm. want to like high five you. Yeah. So I like doing that. I only do that to the kids. I feel like it's weird to do that to adults. So I, I just do it to the kids. So, and for Chicago, I don't know if this was the case in New York, but they were offering like, f- there was a candy section, oh, yeah, fruit, like oranges. I don't know about the bananas because those were unpeeled. Oh. <laughs> I know, but there were, oh, there were beer. beer. Yeah. Like guy, like these men were stopping in front of me for beer. That's wild Chuck, Yeah. I didn't take any of the snacks. So there's definitely, there's snacks. Yeah. There's people with, like, Welch's fruit snacks. Yeah, they had, like, Skittles and Sour Patch Kids and all the candy. Yeah. And there were fireball shots, which I don't recommend you take fireball shots. Because you're going to be on the side somewhere. Yeah. It's going to come out. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, at Chicago, they had the Goose Island at the end. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay. I mean, I was not. At the end, I didn't want to put anything in my body other than water. But at least you're done. I don't get people who, I'm, more power to you, though, if you can drink a beer and go yeah they were passing out beers and i'm like people were like chugging beers i'm like that would come out yeah real no, quick I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah like the whole thing with chicago i would say your favorite part about the chicago marathon oh that's tough i think i mean i was really lucky that i had some friends that live in chicago i mean i stayed with 
two of my really good friends, they were just so nice to let us stay with them. And they were on the course twice, which was so fun to see them. They had signs. It was adorable. And then another one of my good friends um, was also out on the course. So it was just fun to see familiar faces. And you are it's so fast. I mean, you see them for one second and then yeah. you're gone. That really just makes me happy when I can see mm-hmm. people. And also my playlist too. I really curate a specific playlist and I make sure I have songs on there that remind me of the people in my life who are most important to me. So I have a song. Mm-hmm. Songs that remind me of my dad and my mom and my, my brother's band has a song on there. And so when they came on, I was like, they're with me. And it, I don't know. Um, oh, I love that. I had a really special moment at the very end okay. where this was like, it was crazy how this happened. So I put on the song. It's a song called I Am Woman by Helen Reddy, I think is her name. But my mom sang this song to me every night before she put me to bed when I was little. And I put it on the playlist because it's a really like, empowering song. I had it on shuffle, but it came on the very end. And while I was crossing, like I was heading to the finish line, I have chills just thinking about it. It was like my mom was there with me and I crossed the finish line and as the song was fading out, it, it could not have been more perfect. And it was just like my mom was there singing to me like she did when I was little. And wow. it was just, I think that was probably my, probably my favorite part. It was really special. That's really, really chilling. Sorry, that was a long answer to your no, question. No, 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 that, no, it's incredible the timing of that yeah it was really special oh my god i feel like it was like like god and and like being being like we're gonna we're gonna put this song at the end for you to finish strong it's pretty cool oh i love that i will say talk speaking of playlists um so you listen to music all Mm -hmm. the way through right i turn it on and off because i like to hear the crowd really yeah okay typically all the way through yeah Okay. I also have a curated playlist. So I call it, I train with this playlist too. So I know exactly how my body feels with certain songs. Mm -hmm. So it's on shuffle too, which is the wild thing because you just get what, you know, whatever comes your way. Some of them I just end up replaying though, some songs, but I remember turning it down during the marathon because the crowds were like shouting and I was like, what is going on? So I ended up like listening to the crowds too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and there were also like music playing, yeah. like uh, live bands, live bands. Yeah. Marching also- bands. I would turn it. Yeah. I would turn it off when there'd be other excitement mm-hmm. that I needed to tune into. But And so another thing that maybe people aren't really aware of is, okay, so we both run with running watches. You run with the Garmin. I run with the Chorus Pace too. And I remember you gave me advice about turning off your auto lap and going manual. Why? So Chicago is notorious for having really bad GPS at the beginning. I think it's just because like you're surrounded by huge buildings. There's a ton of people using a watch. So I got that tip from listening to other podcasts about the marathon. So I turned it off so that I could manually hit my lap every time the mile markers came. And so then I knew exactly what pace I was running versus relying on my watch, which I knew was going to be off. I'm super glad that I did that. And I actually missed a couple of the mile markers, so I had to do some math in between. But it was really helpful to know, oh, I am keeping this right pace. I'm, I'm doing what I want. Right. And speaking of pace, so what I didn't know about this race, because this was my first marathon, but I had run races, but I guess... I had run long distance races, like half marathons, and they had pace groups. But for this one in particular, um, I remember for like 10 miles chasing the same three, it's like 345 for like 10 miles. And I was like, wait, why are there so many 345s? And I realized that there were different paces for different corrals. 
Right. Because there's someone who might be in Corral D who's trying to run 325, but also someone in Corral C who's trying to run 325 or whatever. So they they have them placed in different... So yeah, you might run past one and then another. And, and yeah, another. It's it really confusing. Yeah. So... Yeah, so just keep that in mind. Like, if you, this is really helpful to follow. So these pacers, um, these pace groups are really helpful. They have like signs and they're running with different corrals. And at least for this one, they didn't specify. But it's helpful if you want to hold yourself accountable to a pace. If there's like a time that you're really wanting to aim for. Um, in this case, I know you have an interesting story. Yeah, with your pacing. yeah. I was gonna go out with the three twenty fives. The 325 pace group bolted out of the starting line. And I was like, they are going, they're going too fast. This feels really fast. People around me were saying the same thing. So I knew I wasn't crazy. And they were out of sight after a while. And I was like, am I going really slow? What's going on? I clocked my first mile at mile one. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going, I'm going faster than 325. So they must be going really, really fast. So... I think that's just something to be careful of because they are, they're human too. And they, they're just kind of relying on their bodies. So they probably, hopefully they kind of figured it out after a couple of miles. But yeah, I think just make sure you listen to your body because they're not machines. They're human and they might be a little off the paces too sometimes. Mm, and that's another thing is that, so in that moment you had to intuitively like listen to your body. Either you sprint off with this group, burn out and drop down or lose the pace that you wanted to stick with, or you listen to your body and you run what you think is the time that you're wanting. And I think that like we've ran enough to kind of know where, like what the pace that we can hold and how we feel during it. And for someone who is maybe wanting to like really know their marathon pace or their half marathon, like what do you recommend that someone does in order to like be able to feel quote feel that pace. Yeah, I mean it's really hard. I th- cuz every race is different. Exactly. And that's something that we're still f- trying to figure out too. My 10 mile pace, mile race pace is so different than my marathon pace. For a marathon, I think it's helpful to run some races leading up. We did that 10 mile race, which I mean you did a bunch of races, but I did a 10 mile race before. And even though it's super different, it's helpful mm-hmm. to get in that race mindset. But for a marathon, I think when when I was trying, initially decided not to go with the 325, I thought to myself, like, could I keep keep this pace for 26 miles? No, this is this is too fast. And it was. If I would have followed them, I would have burnt out. Um, but I ended up finishing in under 325. So they, there's something was funky about them. But I think it's just like really thinking, how long can I actually hold this? Is mm-hmm. this realistic? You know, this isn't a 10-mile race. This isn't a half. This is a marathon. You have to, you know, give yourself some gas at the end. For sure. And I think this brings us to, like, the training process of what it means to, like, train and go through the process of a marathon. And I know that we both had different plans. Um, We had different long runs on different weeks. Mm -hmm. And I know we weren't, like, synced in terms of, like, our, our plans, what would you say really helped from your first for training for the New York marathon to the Chicago one? I followed pretty much the same plan because it worked for me the first time. And so basically that was running three, honestly, three times a week, which isn't that much. A lot of people training for marathons will run more, but I 
wanted to keep going to the gym and lifting. I wanted to keep doing a bike ride once a week. So I did really like to keep the cross training in there. One thing I did focus on more for Chicago that I didn't for New York was really focusing on low heart rate training. So I was doing most of my runs at a slow pace that let me keep my heart rate down. And I really saw a difference. I mean, I saw my heart rate just really kind of improve. Like I could, I could then pick up the pace and my heart rate would stay down as my training cycle went on. So that was, I think, really helpful. And I think helped me also be able to PR in Chicago because I really just focused on that low heart rate training. See, this is where it gets interesting because when you think of running, people think of speed. Mm-hmm. So for you to say that you focused on a slower pace, keeping it easy for your training, and that helped you PR and helped you get faster, which is ironic. I mean, most people would be like, how is that possible? Like, you have to train fast to be fast, but it's the opposite, it's, actually. It, it is, and it's crazy. I mean, when you think about the Ethiopian professional runners Mm -hmm. like they are running most of their runs they're running slow and they're running like what I think is slow but for them is like basically walking and that's Mm -hmm. what they I mean that is the you have to run slow to get fast and I was listening to one podcast I wish I could remember the guy's name but this really stuck with me he was saying you're training for the marathon you're building the cake you're making you're baking the cake and then the race you're eating the cake so if you are eating the cake as you're training, then there's going to be no cake for the race. So, I mean, that just stuck with me. Maybe because I just like like dessert. I don't know. <laughs> but if you're – you have to be building up mm-hmm. this, this like, running engine. But if you keep using all the gas, by the time you get to the race, mm-hmm. you're going to have nothing left. Wait, and that's, that's very – I like that. That's very similar because, by the way, when we're training for a marathon, you don't actually run – a marathon in training. You never actually reach 26 or even close to 26, which is crazy. So by the time you run a marathon, most people are like, wait, how can my body do it? No, because you trained to be able to, you can even run longer. Like Mm -hmm. the training just builds you up. It doesn't tell you exactly how long you can run. Right. So people are still like, they're like, no, if I've never done it, how can, how is it possible? Um, but run a marathon and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, your body possible. will do it. Yeah. Cuz when you're in that race setting, everything changes. Oh yeah. You're just like something takes over. Yeah. Like you can't cuz you're literally immersed in an experience. The energy, it's the people, I it's everything. Yeah. It's everything in that one setting that just like ignites something in you and on top of that you're trained. Right. So it's like the training and the people, boom, you you can run the marathon. It's crazy though because I could never, I mean Think about it. Could you just go out there and run 26 miles at the pace that you did just by yourself on any average day? No, I couldn't. No. I could not do that. No. But for some reason, at a race, you can. Yeah. And you have to, like, believe in that, though. That's the thing. People are like, how? Why? Or, like, how could it be? It just just, is. You just have to trust it. Yeah. It's it's making me kind of, like, it's getting getting me, like, anxious thinking about the the, the, the race, you know? It's just, like, it's I don't know. Speaking of, okay... Leading up to the race. So we we, fin- we tapered. We finished our training. We were in tapering mode. Um, and now it's like two, It's like a few days leading up to the Chicago Marathon. Where were you? So I got we got to Chicago on Friday morning. And the race is on Sunday. So we were just there for two days. We were hanging out with my friends. We had the best time with them. But the whole time, my stomach is in knots. Like, just 
knots. I was, I had trouble sleeping well. I was just like constantly anxious. And most of it was excitement. I think it was 80% excitement, 20% nerves, but that was still making me so anxious. I, I was just like, I was so ready to be done just so I, my body didn't have to feel like this anymore. Mm -hmm. I was, I was surprised how anxious I was, honestly. Yeah. I think it was just being in Chicago. I was like, okay, well here I am. Right. And it didn't help because my hotel was literally in front of the finish line. So I was literally looking at it and I was like, it it cannot get any worse than this. Like, I was like, can we run this? Like, I need to stop feeling this way. Mm -hmm. I was also anxious. But then morning of, I felt great. We were like, let's go. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's really weird. It's really weird. But yeah, that's a lot of, that's pretty much our Chicago. Mm -hmm. Would you say, I mean, it was your first marathon. So, I mean if you had to give like a few words to describe your first marathon experience, well, what would you say? I would say, I mean, did you have a great time or no? Oh yeah. I had an amazing time. I've been to Chicago before when I was little, but nothing like this where I got to really see like people from, you know, Chicago, people from around the world, just like gather in this one event, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this huge event. Um, and just really be supportive. But I would say um, I was rather surprised about, like, the recovery. Uh, yeah, I was in pain for, like, two days, and then it was, I was like, I'm fine. Yeah. I thought I was going to be, like, in bed for a week <laughs> and, like, not able to run for a month. Like, I don't know. I felt pretty great um, right after, like, quick recovery time. And same for you, right? Yeah. I mean, the lo- the couple days after, it was hard, hard for me to walk, but... yeah. But, uh, yeah, after a few days, it's really fun. And I was, like, ready to go for a jog. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, like, some people finish the marathon, they are like, I don't want to run again. Yeah. But we're like, okay, cool, when's the next one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, psycho. but seriously. <laughs> one, the marathon bug is real. It is. It really is. Once you once you catch it, you're like, Where, when's the next one? It when's is. the next one? But what's also real is the post-marathon blues. Were you sad? Did you? So I was sad. I know it's a thing. I it it is a thing, really. Me, oh, really? You're yeah. like the only one I've like. Okay, well, tell me about okay. you, your sadness. So yeah, <laughs> you're like I'm in therapy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was sad. <laughs> no, but in all realness, I think I got sad because you do something. You you do a routine day in and day out for four months, and I was running every day except. Sundays were rest days, and then one day was the gym. Mm -hmm. So pretty much, like, six days a week I was running, and not strenuous. It was easy, and like you said, like, um, low heart rate. Like, just some were sprints, some were, um, it was, like, a bunch of paces that I was trying. But I will say, like, I got so used to this routine that it became instinctive uh, to wake up this early, to go for the runs, to eat the chews before I go. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. That when everything, like, when Chicago was done that Monday, I was like, where's my running schedule? Yeah, no, and I get I that. got really sad. I actually cried the second mm. day because I think, because in my head, like, Chicago, I, I, like, fixated on Chicago so much that it became, like, my end goal in some sort. But, like, Chicago is not the end goal, you know? Like, it's just a milestone of all the other marathons. Right. So I started thinking it like that, and the sadness went away. Yeah. I see what you mean. I think, too, because I already have, like, I'm doing Boston, so I'm like, okay, like, the second it ended, Eric and I were already talking about 
my goals for Boston. So I think I had that next. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way as you. Like I want that next What's goal. Next? Yeah. So I think I had the the Boston that helped. But I mean, I definitely miss it when it's over. Like yeah. Eric, my husband, will was like, okay, cool, that's done. I'm happy. And I'm like, no, I'm sad. I, I want to do it again. But I think it was. I wasn't really. I guess I wasn't really sad. I was happy. I was super mm-hmm. happy it happened. But I definitely miss the experience. You know. Yeah. But no, you're right. When you have something already lined up, it's yeah. like. It's like a checkbox more for you instead of uh, crossing out. Yeah. Um, because you're like, okay, done. Okay, Boston, done. Yeah. And then I bet uh, after Boston, though, like, you're like, what's... Well, I mean, you have something else yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. But, I definitely... I don't know. I don't know how many... It's, it's weird. Like, do you know how many... People are like, how many are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. But honestly, like, I... It's weird. Uh, Chicago, when heading back to the um, heading back to New York at the airport, I spoke with so many runners who were just because the they're all wearing their medals, all wearing the medals, all wearing the Chicago shirts, like, flexing their finisher jackets, everything. Some were still wearing Boston. Oh yeah, people <laughs> like, love wearing their Boston gear. It's a thing. If you're it a runner, is... if you have ran the Boston Marathon, you're like an elite. You're, you're pretty much and but people make sure you know. They like to show it. They like they to flex it because it's it's hard to get into Bo- like you can only do Boston if you time if you are a qualifier. Yeah, you you can raise money for a charity. You have to run a, raise a lot you have of to money. Run, raise. I heard a guy say you have to raise like ten thousand. It's a lot. Ten thousand dollars. It's a lot. So most people who run are going to be qual- are going to hit those qual they're qualifiers. qualifiers, and people like to sh- to show it off a little. Of course bit, they but. do. But yeah, I don't know. So, all right. So when Tatum gets that jacket, <laughs> yeah, she's never taking it off. No, I don't know. I don't think Eric would let me. Eric would make fun of me way too much if I wore it I to another care. race expo. That's a thing, oh, you know? yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's like wearing, well, I would wear the New York one. Yeah, but there weren't as many people wearing New York. Actually, that's true. No, everyone wore everyone Boston. Boston. It was like, Eric and I had to come up with a code name so that every time we saw them, he could point it out to me. And I started getting really annoyed. I was like, okay, I get it. They're everywhere. Can you please stop? Like, like you get it? it was, you ran Boston. It was crazy. <laughs> they were everywhere, but... No, that's true. Um, but it's a it's a thing in the runner's world if if you were Boston. Yeah, you're, people like to flex. And that's really, cool. I mean, yeah. We get it. I mean, it's cool. It's like, cool. Yeah. And it's a cool jacket, too. The blue and the yellow. It looks cool. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll be getting one, I'm sure. Of course so. you will. Which, so the Boston is in April. April. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it, when are the other majors? London is Lon- April. London is after Boston. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know when, to- yeah, I don't know when they all are. I just know that New York and Chicago are obviously fall. Boston spring is maybe. I think, yeah, London might be. Oh, Berlin is September. Berlin is September. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like. So that like starts, that kicks off the fall marathons, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's also a fast course. So that's one that I want to do. Yeah, no, for sure. What would you tell someone who is running the New York City Marathon this year? I would say I'm very jealous because I already have really bad FOMO already. Um, but it's the it is the best. It is just the best. You're gonna have the best time of your life. It's also gonna be really really hard. Um, so just be prepared to have like the best, the highlights of your life, and also the most miserable times of your life. Um, at the end. But in terms of of just general tips, um, I would say just look at the course map because unlike Chicago, which is just a pancake and doesn't matter, New York is all over the place. Um, so know the course map, know when the hills are so that you can really mentally prepare yourself. And that is really the thing that saved me. Um, 
when you're starting out, so you you run right off Staten Island, you run straight out of there, and you cross the Verrazano Bridge, and that is actually the steepest incline of the whole race, but you don't realize it because you have so much adrenaline, you're finally starting after like scanning around for hours in Staten Island, um, you're just pumped, so you want to just bolt out, out of the starting line, but I think kind of what I did is treat that first mile as a warm-up. It was one of my slowest miles, I think, because I was just like, don't go too fast, Tatum. This is the steepest incline. You're going to burn out if you run up this hill. So I think take the first mile slow and easy and just kind of like chill. And then the first half of it is amazing. Brooklyn is the, I had the best time of my life running through Brooklyn. Um, but again, watch yourself because you're going to be having so much fun. You're going to be feeling so good. It's the beginning, but don't just watch your pace. Like don't, go too fast because you have so much ahead of you. So I think that would just really be my biggest, my biggest thing is just, just check, check yourself a little because it is such an amazing experience, but you have a huge battle ahead of you. So just don't get too excited. And where do you think that battle is, um, at the end of the marathon? Uh, so the, there's a, there's a lot of battles. Well, there's a lot of battles. So I think the biggest battles are the, the, the bridge, the mm-hmm. 59th street bridge, because that's about mile 15, 16. So you've been running for a while. So that's kind of tough. So if you can get through that, okay, you're feeling good. Okay, cool. Then you run on first half. Check yourself a little on first half too, because that's super exciting. Yeah. You're at mile 17. So, you know, you you've made it pretty far, but that gets really exciting. So I think people pick up the pace and then they get to kind of the more the end of first half and they start getting a little tired. Mile 18 was where it really hit me where um, I remember seeing one of my friends and after seeing him, I was like, oh crap, like I kind of want to stop. This is, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> um, and then by mile like 20, 23 is really the last six miles are the hardest part because mm-hmm. it's That's on fifth half it's an incline it's a it doesn't look like an incline but it's a small it slow feels incline like a mountain hmm. a true mountain yeah yeah the last six miles is is that's the race wow so once you yeah oh man it is tough Ooh. and i love that she said that take the first small slow and she runes like a sub eight <laughs> Like a sub 730 at the, the first mile. The first mile, though, of New York, I was running an eight something. I was running, I was taking it slow. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have, you that, can't, you got to be careful. That bridge. Yeah, for sure. It humbles you real quick. Yeah. Or, I mean, well, you don't know. You, you don't know, know it's humbling you, know. you <laughs> until later. And then you're like, oh crap, I shouldn't have booked ran. it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And on the topic of the New York City Marathon, there are ways to apply, and one of them is the 9 Plus 1 program through New York Roadrunners, and that's pretty much, it's a very easy way for people living in New York, or even out of New York if they can come in for races, to run nine races with New York Roadrunners and volunteer for one. So that's 9 Plus 1, and then you get guaranteed entry into the, the marathon the following year. Right. It's definitely the easiest way to do it. If you live in New York City then that is the best way to do it. Because the lottery is really hard to get. Mm-hmm. Really hard. And you can raise money for a charity, which is awesome. But you have to raise a lot of money. So you have to be prepared to like put in the fundraising effort. So, yeah, 9 plus... And also, it's a great way to just kind of to train. Even though you're not running the marathon that year, but you're running nine races. So you're really just, you mm-hmm. know, you're getting... You're becoming a better runner, preparing yourself for 
the marathon the next year. Exactly. So um, that's what we both did. Mm-hmm. I'm running yeah. it next year. You Woo! ran it last year. So yeah, that's definitely something that, you know, if you're looking to run the New York City Marathon, um, just remember you need to prepare a year in advance to get those nine races in and volunteering for one. And yeah, that's the application process or time qualifying, which... Time qualifying for New York is hard. It's yeah. Really, it's, it's, you have to be really fast. It's pretty... I think for guys, it's like two... It's it's under three. I think they make it that fast because it's yeah. so competitive to even run. Yeah, um, exactly. And gosh, the waves. Aren't there like five waves? Yeah. I think there's a wave that starts at noon. Yeah, I think that's the fifth that's wave. That's late. That's late. Some people finish in the dark, which is wild. I know. Because it's daylight savings too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. that is true. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's crazy. It's, it's a crazy a, day. Yeah. And the whole process of going to Staten Island. Oh my goodness. You... You get shipped out there at 5 a.m., and then you are standing around. Thank goodness I had a good friend with me. So if you have anyone you know to hang out with when you're in Staten Island, that's great. But otherwise, you're just kind of there by yourself, cold, eating bagels. So yeah. bring warm layers that <laughs> yeah. you can get rid of. For sure. Um, okay, so I think we covered a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. If anyone has any questions on anything marathon, or if anyone has any questions about marathon training, races, anything, like, Tatum can also leave her Instagram if you guys want to DM her, or you can ask me. Um, I want to ask you, so to wrap on this episode, what are your top three tips for someone who wants to run a marathon but doesn't know where to begin? Hmm. I think the first thing is just, is knowing that if you want, want to run a marathon and you physically can move, then you can do it. It's really just a matter of wanting it because anyone can do it, but it's a lot of time. It's a big commitment. So you have to want, you have to like running and you have to want to do it. So number one, know that you can do it. And then, I mean, I think just really committing yourself to training because you can't just get up and and run in without, without training for it. Um, so really just like coming up with a training plan that works for you, your plan isn't going to look like everyone else's. It's not even, it doesn't have to be exactly what you're seeing online either. Um, like, especially if you're training, when you have trips and travel, um, just give yourself some grace when you're putting together your training plan because it doesn't have to look like exactly what you see online. I have a third. Yeah. You put it in your (laughs) tips. Um, I will say for someone who, like you said, I like for even having that thought of like being curious of wanting to even try running a marathon, like is a big step in and of itself. And I will say like a lot of this training, like for both of us, we really, really listen to our body. I know that's so cliche, but if you're tired and on your plan, it says you need to run 12 miles I say you pick listening to your body over what's on your plan because you could be prone to injury by putting your body through that. Or I think a lot of that, a lot of the training aspect is knowing that you're not going to always stick to the plan, but you will listen to your body and that will have a better outcome. Mm -hmm. So runners have this like disciplined mindset because running is a mental sport. It's it's like 80% mental and 20% physical as I like to call it because it's really like when you hit those walls it's your mind that's going to pull you through and 
Runners have a very disciplined mindset, which also means stubbornness. So you will see us wanting to keep challenging ourselves, keep PRing. And as you get better, PRs are harder to right, make. Yeah. Like you're not always going to hit a PR every race. Um, yeah. So just keep that in mind is that like at those times when you start to really be like the best runner you can be and like hit your, I don't want to say peak because we're always growing and we're always evolving. But as you continue to grow as a stronger runner, I will say like you have to remember your why and I think this ties into life which is again why I love it is you have to remember like why you even like running is it mm -hmm. because you're fast or is it because you like putting one foot in front of the other and you like I don't know just feeling free on the streets yeah I think too just keeping in mind knowing that not every race I mean not every run none of your runs you're going all out should mostly be doing like low heart rate kind of converse and that for someone who doesn't know what that means that basically just means you're running at it and a pretty easy pace you're able to keep a conversation so like when eric and i will go on our runs we're chatting the whole time and it's fine um so a pace that you're able to have a conversation in and that kind of makes it a little less daunting knowing that oh i don't need to go out and be like huffing and puffing and bent over at the end of my run no you should be feeling pretty chill mm -hmm. the whole time and at the end and I think that makes it a little more approachable versus oh, yeah. just being like, oh, I have to go out and sprint. No, you no, you really don't. You can just chill. You don't. It's really ironic because the way you get faster is by slowing down That's and so training slow, not like slow, slow, but training, like you said, keeping a low heart rate and being able to maintain and have proper form. All of, There's so many things that go into mm -hmm. being a stronger runner, but... Yeah, those are our tips and whoever's running New York City this year. Good luck. Good luck. I'm so jealous. Have fun. It's you're gonna have the best time of your life. I know. It's an experience that everyone should should have once in their life. And Grace and I will both be on the sidelines cheering. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna be cheering. We'll be cheering at all of you on. Mm-hmm. So enjoy and again if you have any questions, Tatum and I are both here to yeah, answer them and, and walk you through whatever it is whatever race yeah. that you're wanting to take on. I mean, we're not professionals we're by not any professionals. means, but I think we, you know. We have some experience we have, ex some, we have some experience, and we also like to talk about running, so. Yeah. So always, join. always happy to answer any questions. So join the club. Yeah. So I'll put Tatum's info in the description. Thanks for chatting about falling in love with the process of running. No problem. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. I know. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode where I cover another episode into the Falling in Love series. This time, I'll be sharing Falling in Love with a special someone, with a special guest. And as always, if you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for tuning in.